Yo, yo, what's up? You good, man? You good? You know? Hey, thank you. I appreciate it for you for coming. Um, Like, for real. Like, this means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and grab that mic right there. All right, guys. So, this is a special interview that we have here today. Um, it's an anonymous interview. Um, we're going to talk about the game industry you know, no holds bar interview, but it's got to be anonymous due to people's signing NDAs and how strict the gaming industry is. Not really trying to get no one in trouble, sued, none of that. So today's interview, fully anonymous. If people listen and they think they know who the person might be, I mean, they know they know, but we're not going to put the person's name out. So. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I really appreciate this guy for coming in and uh, speaking his mind. No hold bars about the game industry. All right, so let's get into it. Yo, so you and I have worked together. Um, I know what you do, but like, explain for the people who are listening to you know what you do. Yeah, so I'm a game tester. Uh, me and you work together in the past on, you know, similar projects or whatever. And, uh, so yeah, so game testing, what that is pretty much show up to work, you know, like anybody else, but you, you play, you play a game for eight hours, maybe nine to 10 hours, depending on what's going on. And, uh, then you go home. Um, I know it sounds all fun in games, but it's, it's not always that. Sometimes it can be, you know, it's more mentally draining than it is physical and, the only physical kind of harm that comes is just not working out and things like that. But it's it's not as great as everyone thinks it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like being a streamer where you can wake up and you play a game. And it's a game that you want to play on your own accord. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are getting up, going into an office and playing one single game, maybe one other to help out. But you're playing one single game for eight hours, you know, nine hours. Like 40 hours a week for, you know, anywhere between like seven, like six to seven, eight, nine months, sometimes up to a year, you know, like depending on the length of the game or what's going on. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I do. So, so like, tell me, how do you, how do you feel about your role? Like, you know, doing QA because I have my own views on it. I won't speak on it because, you know, I ain't really trying to get myself in trouble. But uh, tell, tell me how you feel about your role within the industry. Um, I feel like within the industry, it's a underappreciated job. And outside, outside of the industry, uh, it's a glorified position. Like, people within industry won't say it, but like, they think like you don't do enough. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they QA is treated like the stepchild of the game industry. And like, it's weird. Cause it's like you, yeah, you're not, you know, you're a part of the development team, but you're not coding or, you know, doing the artist work, but you're doing, you're, you're the like end all be all to it kind of to some extent. Like you're getting the final product before it actually goes out to make sure that 
is something of quality that's gonna go out and you're like the tail end of the you're the guy on the tail end of like, you know, the coding and the artists coming together. Um yeah, so like within the industry it's underappreciated and then outside of the industry it's over glorified. I won't say all but enough people in the industry act as if like QA testers do nothing while the general public looks at the job as playing video games for fun all day. Like, which is true to some extent, but like not always the case. Like for people in the industry, they tend to ignore the, the fact that like QA testing is a reactionary job and QA testers are limited to like what they can do and are allowed to test based on like the stages of development or, or the state of the game. Um, yeah, like, uh, you, like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, I get what you're saying. So, like, let me ask this then, like, when you say limited to testing, like, what do you mean by that? Like, are you unable to test because, like, you don't have the proper tools or because, like, you're waiting for development to continue? Um, it's like, it's a combination of both. Like, most often, it appears to be things on the development side. Like, things are unstable, things like unstable builds, um, features being added or disabled or removed, uh, different time zones with working with other studios, um, testing on, on, on a build that's, you know, beyond the intended testing timeline. Or, you know, my personal favorite is, uh, the lack of communication, um, uncommunicative, incompetent QA leadership, and stuff like that that gets overlooked even by like the QA department itself. Now, as far as consumers and industry outsiders, like they ignore the fact that like QA testers aren't streamers. Like this is what I was saying earlier. Like, yes, QA testers get paid to play games, but it's more like you're just playing a game. You know what I'm saying? Like they are not only playing through unfinished titles to find out like what's broken um like these games may be games that a person doesn't even enjoy like you're sitting there playing a game for eight hours that you don't really enjoy like unlike a streamer like they can switch they can just switch and close out the game because like they don't like it or their friends have logged off so it's basically really annoying when people find out like what I do and they respond with, oh my god, really do? Like, that must be so easy and fun. Like, yeah, it can be fun and easy, but it's like, at the studio where I used to work, it wasn't. It's the game industry, so they keep up with all the fuck shit to make the job more difficult than it needs to be. So what's your what's your day-to-day task and workload like? Um, huh. The easiest way to put it is uh, a test slash play video games however you want to look at it um the same game every day normally for eight hours to find out what areas and features of the game are broken now i i as you know good and well know now you say normal work hours or normal eight hour work day um this is the non-crunch period but like can you explain when and why crunch occurs yeah, um, as someone in the industry, you're familiar with crunch, but I'll, I'll, like, I'll explain from my perspective. The, the simplified version of crunch is overtime work. Like any other job, you work extra hours so that a project can be completed, hopefully, on time, right? 
Now, game industry crunch is different because it can last for three months, four months, five months at a time. And you could be working anywhere between like nine to 12 hours a day. Now, this isn't just QA. Like, like crunch doesn't apply just to quality insurance testers. Like, not at all. That's developers. They're usually the ones who are, uh, are working their shit hours as well. Like, they probably are the ones working the 12 hours. Like, the most I've done is 10 think um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken I think 10 is the most that I've done um from my experience in QA like QA does get like the shit into the stick though like QA is normally treated like like I said earlier like the unwanted stepchild but like during crunch period it's even heightened yeah yeah I'm I'm definitely familiar with um that feeling of QA being treated like a stepchild and had to put up with some fuckery like in your experience like what's some of the worst treatment like treatment that you received to like witness as a QA tester Let's see, let me like, give me one second. Like, let me really think. What's like a really good one? Um, one of my one of my favorite idiotic moments was uh the paint incident, right? So we're all in this in this basement in this big ass room. I think it was about forty testers in the area. We come in and notice some uh, carpenters in the in the rear of the room with some ladders and paint. Like, but no, like no one was weirded out by it because. By this time, like, construction was, like, a daily occurrence. Like, mad unsafe work environment. And I'm talking about, like, ladders in hallways, uh, wires hanging from the ceiling, like, shit like that, right? Like, exposed wires. So, the painter's in the back of the room. But everyone comes in, you know, we go to work as usual. We, you know, we're not really paying any attention. Then these guys start painting. But again... Nobody says anything. It goes, you know, it goes ignored. Until people start smelling paint fumes. Nobody knows if the fumes are, like, toxic or, you know, we don't know, we don't know what they're painting with. So we bring it up to um, our department head and say, like, hey, you know, these dudes are painting in the room and they're, like, paint fumes and there's no ventilation. Is there any way we can get, you know, they, like, can they paint at the end of the day when everyone goes home or can they come back tomorrow and, like, paint before people come in? And the department head tells us, like, they can't and they can only do it during business hours. Um, that's, like, the only time it can get done. This is the first time, like, this is, like, first thing in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Like, people still showing up. So, like, like you can show up between, like, 9 and 10. Like, people still showing up. So, we go back to the department head and, we you know, we ask them, well, like, is there any way that we can get something for the ventilation so no one gets sick? They say they'll look into it. So we're like, all right, cool. Like, we did our part. Like, we're, you know, something's going to get worked out. It'll be handled. This is where we as QA, like, we fucked up. Because, like, we should have known better, honestly. Like, nothing in QA in our, our department gets handled in a timely manner at the studio that, um, that I'm at. Like, nothing, right? So it's now, like, it's lunchtime. It's, like, 1. It's, like, 12, 1 o'clock. And the issue still hasn't been resolved. Like, there's no ventilation in the room whatsoever. So some people start complaining about headaches. And some of them are saying, like, they feel lightheaded, right? So we go back to the department head and we're like, yo, what's up? Like, is there any updates on, like, the uh, event or fan or, like, something getting done so that, like, people, you know, don't feel sick? And he, you know, he bullshits us and gives us the, uh, yeah, it's being worked on, but he don't really give us an actual answer. 
So now it's like three in the afternoon. And the department head comes over and he says, Y'all are overreacting and exaggerating the smell and that like people feeling sick and all this other stuff. So it's like, please stop whining and bother me with like these false complaints and get some work done. Like real fuck shit. So like three thirty hits. They finally roll over like one of those big ass industrial floor fans, you know, like the junk the big junk that's on the floor, like like when you walk past in like Home Depot. Um, so they put that in the hallway to like, you know, ventilate the, the films. But like they put it in the hallway, but they point the fan back inside the room. So instead of the fan facing outside of the room to like blow the fumes out, they pretty much like sat it in the middle of the hall with the fan pointing back into the room. So the fumes blow back toward us. So pretty much we sat in this fume-fueled room for like six hours because like they wanted to fuck around. And like the biggest thing that like made me mad was the fact that the department head like came back and was like, yo, y'all are whining. Like y'all are exaggerating. It's like fam, because you can go in your office and close the door and you'll never smell it. You know what I'm saying? Like your, your office isn't in here and there's other people on the other side of this room, you know, who's blocked off, who can't smell it. Like, the, the, the smell is only in here. And, like, we know you smell it when you come in. That's that's pretty, that's pretty fucked up. Like, have you ever spoke to, like, other QA testers from, like, other studios and, like, talked to them about, like, their horror stories? Nah, nah. I've only had a conversation with people from the studio I was at. Like, I think a lot of people who work in or work in QA are afraid to speak out because of, like, NDAs. So they don't know who they can trust you know, with telling people stuff and like that they'll keep it anonymous. Like, and that's kind of why I like this platform is because like you are open and willing to be anonymous. Like, yeah, you get your journalists who people are pretty comfortable with. Um, you know, like, um, you ever read the book, uh, what is it, like Blood, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels? Yeah, I actually, actually, I'm actually reading that right now. So it's interesting that you brought that up. Um, I'm like two chapters in. I'm reading on um how Uncharted 4 was made but yeah like I've noticed that like they had like anonymous people who clearly are comfortable with the article yeah so you get stuff like that but like it's different when like you can actually hear the voice of the people who are in this and doing this you know what I'm saying like we do and I'm, uh, we can talk about this later too um I feel like those articles don't do much you know what I'm saying like we're always saying like let's bring light to something let's bring light to something like be aware let's bring awareness but like at what point do we stop bringing awareness and actually doing something about the issue because like you can be aware of the issue but how do we change the issue you know what i'm saying yeah like dude i feel yeah i feel you on that like so that's been my biggest thing too like we keep seeing articles come out against like epic and riot and all this like horror stories at crunch right and everyone's like, oh, you know, retweeting and saying, yeah, that's good. That's good. Like, let's bring awareness. But I'm like, yo, like, like, how do we change this? Like, when do we change it? Like, I'm tired of, like, just bringing awareness to shit, like, within QA. Like, I feel like something actually needs to happen. So, like, with that being said, like, how do you think these issues can be resolved, like, if you don't voice them? Um... Well, actually, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before you answer that. Have you ever gone and spoke with, like, with your HR department to, like, report stuff like that that goes on, like like the story you just told me? Um, I personally haven't, but I know people who have, and 
they've gone to HR for other things too, like poor leadership, you know, QA leads, like, yeah, like, it's a very chill environment, like, people curse, like, we're, we're cool with people cursing, and, you know, having, not, like, outrageous conversations, but, you know, comfortable conversations and things like that, but, like, never, it, it never goes, gets out of hand, and usually, like, when people curse, like, you know, it's not, it's either directed at a game, or said within, like, under, like, the context is understood within the conversation, like, it's never directed at someone, you know, um, but there have been times where QA leads have stood up and been, like, cursing at individuals, or, like, at the team as a whole, but, like, and it's not like a, oh, you know, like, this isn't directed at y'all, it's like, no, nah, this is directed straight toward y'all, um, I want y'all to know how it feels and, like, just being handled very well, so situations like that have been reported, um, but never by me, never by me, um, I never went and spoke to them because it seemed like nothing was ever going to get done or that QA would try to cover stuff up by like handling issues internally so I figured like why waste time if the issue is never going to get addressed so okay so that brings me back to the other question like how do you think these issues can be resolved if like if you don't voice them that's true but like based on my my lack of action I should say um, based on my lack of action on the company's like I, I based it off the previous the company's previous behavior. So so my, like my lack of action becomes from how they've handled behaviors and situations with like their lack of action. So I saw how they handled it in the past and I asked myself like being a minority in this department, this company and like this this industry, how is this situation like how will this situation be viewed? Will it be viewed as a disgruntled minority complaining or will it be looked at as a real problem because that that's something that I always try to avoid is the label of the company's angry minority so for so for you being labeled the the angry minority was more important than fighting for a change no 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that at all um I wouldn't say it was more important I think it's because of how jaded I felt being at the studio. Like, even when I started at the studio, I wasn't a fan of the games. I was looking at it as a way to get in the industry and knew QA was the lowest, you know, entry-level, foot-in-the-door job. Because I didn't know what I wanted to do in the industry, so I just knew gaming was my passion, right? But to answer your question... No, avoiding that label wasn't more important. I just felt that the fight for change at that studio wasn't for me. Because I didn't care for the studio, the games, or the majority of the people there. There wasn't a a passionate connection aside from it just being a game studio. So what made you feel like, because uh, you used the word jaded. So what made you feel jaded? Was it Was it actually the studio? Or was it being in the industry as a whole? Most definitely the studio. 100% the studio. Um, the industry as a whole does dumb shit that I think probably, that I probably would have never been privy to had I never worked in the industry. The studio, on the other hand, was just like a hellhole for me. Like After the honeymoon phase was over, the excitement had started to fade about what, like three months after I had started, I realized like 
the QA department was, like, at the studio was just, like, it was toxic, you know what I mean? Like, department heads and, like, leads were, like, making a, like, a fighting effort to keep people in their, uh, like, their current spots, like, you know, wanting them to just be, uh, QA testers, rather than fighting for them to, like, actually learn and grow, um, promoting, like, incompetent and, uh, uncommunicative people, people being fake, like, passive-aggressive, or just, like, all the time, condescending, like, neck, like, it was just crazy, like, the, the way some people would talk to each other, um, and not, not, like, crazy, like, you know, like, we're gonna throw hands, but just crazy, like, yo, you're being, like, like, you're literally talking to me like I'm an idiot, like, and you know that I can clearly understand what you're saying, but I'm asking for clarification on stuff, um, and a lot of this was because, like, those people believed, like, it would make people accept them, like, at the company, as well as, like, get them a promotion, um, on top of that, it was, like, company's lack of knowledge on, like, contributions to the project, like, or I shouldn't say the company, I should say more say, like, the leadership, like, QA leads and the, the supervisors, like, they didn't really pay attention to who was contributing what to the projects, like, the QA leads would know more, but, like, they usually wouldn't speak out and say, yo, like, this, like it, it was like, a, oh, this is, like, my friend, like, and they help, you know what I mean, like, I, I feel close to them, but, again, it could have been, like, those fake relationships that I was looking at, um, but, yeah, like, they didn't acknowledge, like, contributions to the project, projects, and, and then it reflected in the behavior of the testers, because, like, they looked at the people who were in those positions that they wanted to be in, and started acting like them, thinking, like, that behavior would get them where they want to be, not realizing, like, they're sucking the fun out of the job and making the job harder than it actually needs to be. Like, some people literally would not act the same way they would at work, outside of work. And, like, I've noticed that, like, I've had, I've had, I've, like, it's been a decent amount of people for me that I've noticed that, um, who would just, like, be talking to you, like, again, a condescending manner, like, crazy. And then outside of work, like, they're chill when you talk to them. So it was kind of, like, nuts to see. So let me ask you this. Are are there any other studios you like to work at that you think like you would like the games more or pro- possibly not feel as jaded if something like this were like you find out this is how the the company behavior was? Well, for me, the industry is currently like in a shit state um, and isn't putting out its best quality work. So my list for that isn't long, but if I had to pick a top three, um, well, I'd say top four, just based off the, you know, outside looking in. Excuse me. Uh, it'd probably have to be Ubisoft, uh, Rockstar, CD Projekt, and, uh, Possibly PUBG. So, yeah, yeah. Th- those would be my four. Ubisoft, PUBG, uh, Rockstar, and uh, CD Projekt. But again, that's all looking from the outside in. So, you say you're able to land a role. If you were la- like able to land a role at one of those and you find out the culture is the same as a previous studio, like, would you be willing to fight for the change there? That's a hard one to answer because knowing if the fight is worth it is something you learn during or even after the fight. 
but like I would like to say yes because I enjoy the games that these uh these studios put out and uh I would want to know the work culture surrounding the games that I like are healthy ones or at least attempting attempting to uh improve for the better so yeah I, again I can't I don't I don't want to give a definite answer but I would like to say yes I think I would want to fight for a change in those uh those companies I just know right now with where I'm at uh nah it's, it's, it's not worth it at all so how do we improve the gaming work culture for for QA specifically that I don't have the answer to um I do believe it's a collaborative effort but it definitely starts from within QA first um Leadership that isn't afraid to go against the grain in the same fashion as creative directors and producers like the people that are above them do when it comes to implementing and removing things, features, you know, for the game's sake. Uh, fighting for work-life uh, work life balance like, and, and then holding the higher-ups accountable for allowing and maintaining that balance and not... And that, that one goes for the industry as a whole, not just QA. Like, really finding a balance for work life and not just being like, throwing people in the crunch. Like, I get it if you're, like, you're passionate and you want to stay, but, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be told that, like, I have to do 10 hours. Like, no one should be told they have to do a 10-hour work day, like, especially within the game industry, like, the deadlines for these games is kind of nuts but it's like it's a game like it's not that serious like that's a big problem with the industry right now is that and this is why I was saying like earlier that I think the the game is the, the industry is in a shit state because we would rather put out or excuse me the industry would rather put out publishers more to say yeah that's what I'm gonna go with I'm not gonna say we or the industry I'm gonna say publishers publishers want to put out a game, right? So they're willing to sacrifice a complete game to make the that quick initial buck than to put out a quality product. So if that means not delaying the game, putting out an unfinished product, and uh, just putting in day one patch, like how can we get a patch in for day one or day zero? Like it's always patch it, patch it, patch it, right? It's never, let's make a complete project. Like, I, I really feel like the only studios you may see that with, and I don't know because I'm not there, is like, on a AAA scale, like Rockstar, right? Like, you get GTA, you get, or I should say Rockstar, like Naughty Dog, right? Like, those dudes are willing to do crunch because, like, they know, to some, like, the people who are working on it, like, know, like, yo, we want to put out a quality game. And it could be, like, again, I don't work at those studios, but it could be things on the publisher side as well, but it seems like, those few companies, like there are very few companies that are pulling out, putting out a full length title um, that people actually really, really enjoy and you really ever hear anything negative. Like these are masterpieces, right? That these guys are putting out. Um, but I, I think even that still comes with some type of work-life balance at the end of the day. Like it should be optional. Like if this person knows Yo, like, I want to make this thing quality. I'm like, I can't do that unless I put X amount of hours in today. 
like that option be should be there for them, but it shouldn't be like a requirement. Like it's okay to say like, yo, like let's let, like let's delay the game. Like people would much rather you ha- delay the game than you put out a half-assed product that's not good and like people enjoy. Like look at Shadow Colossus, right? I think that's the title. The game was delayed, or the 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 sequel to it, like was delayed for a long time. Like, I'm not saying go outrageous and delay it for for years, I'm just saying, like, delay it enough to the point where you're not draining your employees and, like, they don't even have time to spend with their kids. Um, so, yeah. Because, because uh, it sounds great, like I was saying earlier, it sounds great um, reading articles and every studio saying, like, we want to improve our work-life balance and avoid crunch, like, as much as possible. But when the lack of effort doesn't reflect that statement, then there's an accountability issue. An accountability issue. You can't say you want to avoid crunch periods and proceed to have your QA department on a crunch schedule for four months. Like, I remember one time sitting at my desk and I was reading an article. Me and my coworker, like, I think he either sent me the link or I sent it to him and I don't remember. But we sent the link and it was talking about the studio that we were working with. And so I'm like, oh, we want to reduce crunch. But it was funny because we were working a nine hour, like from our end, we were working a nine hour day. And they were already talking about us doing weekend work. So it was like, how y'all on, how y'all on Reddit telling people and like in this article telling people like, yo, we're trying to reduce crunch. But like, we about to go into weekend work and we been already been in crunch for three months working nine hour days, you know. Uh, weekend, uh, every other weekend, people working like that didn't make sense to me. So it's like, how many of these articles about crunch? Again, like I was saying earlier, like how many of these articles about crunch and like not having work-life balance need to be brought to light before something is actually done? Like crunch isn't new; it's not a new issue, and it's well documented that it's been a problem for a while. So, like, when do we actually do something to change that? Like, aside from crunch, though, like, QA needs to stop belittling people, too. Like, the belittling of each other. And realize, like, the game industry won't respect us until we respect each other. Like, I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see somebody getting thrashed because, like, they think it'll help them move up. Like, Like, that's why other, like, departments look at us crazy, like, like, look at the way they treat each other. And and sometimes they don't even have to look at that to know we treat each other like that. Like, we treat each other like that because we see how other departments treat us. So we think, oh, if I treat people within this department like people in other departments treat us, they might think I'm cool or they might I might have some type of social connection with them and they'll want to move me over to their department because, like, I actually want to be an artist or I actually want to be a marketer or I actually want to be a producer or I actually want to be a creative director or a programmer. Like, nah, like, that's not the way to get there. You know, you can't treat the department that's literally using the stepping stone to introduce people into the industry and treat them like shit and then make them want to stay there and get stuck and be unmotivated just so that you... And I get it. It's gaming industry is mad competitive. Like, you don't got to shit on someone else because you want to get somewhere, you know, you want to get to this, like, certain position within a, a company or a studio or anywhere in the industry, like, you don't got to show other people to do that. Um, 
also want to see more people of color and like women in leadership positions within QA. Um, like I want to see less people of color and women being passive aggressive toward each other as well. Like I want those people to realize like there are people who support them and actually want to see them thrive. And when when those people bring something up to them in question, it's not it's not to make them feel like I'm like you're or yeah 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 it's not it's not like that to make them feel like they're being attacked by you or I you know what I'm saying like I want to see you win I want to see you thrive but that don't mean you gotta treat me like an asshole because you're mistreated you know what I'm saying like again I want to see you do well so why so why are you treating me like this like I still want to see you do well. But if, like, if I know that's not your behavior and you're only doing that because you think it's going to get you somewhere, like, then at some point, that's going to change. And, like, that's what I don't want to happen. I don't want people to start flipping the script and be like, no, nah, she can't get the job because she's this or he's that. Or, you know, people think you're the angry minority or they think you're the, the sassy chick so you shouldn't be able to get something because of your behavior. But, like, when you, and then when you think, you, you go back and you think, like, damn, I didn't get this position, like, why not? Like, was I not good enough? But sometimes it's like, nah, like, you could have gotten it, like, you were qualified to get it. It's just like, you weren't yourself. You started acting like the other people that came ahead of you, and, like, that's not what we needed. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally in agreement with everything you just said. Like, yeah, I don't think there's a surefire answer, honestly, to how to solve things within QA, but I definitely think that it starts with, QA, at least, at least, you know, from what it sounds like from where you're at, um, that it needs to start from within and people need to talk to each other and like the leadership either needs to be rehauled or they need to actually listen to step up and make a change. But let me ask you this. And this is, this is kind of like leading away from all that that we just talked about. But like, how do you feel about people who, who date within QA? Um, what do you mean, like, people who just have similar QA backgrounds, or do you mean actually dating within the same company and QA? Yeah, within, within the same company and QA. <sighs> I will say for me, I wouldn't do it, because, like, so this is the thing with QA, is, like, a lot of people within QA end up moving in and living together, um, because they, they think, I guess, they have things in common and it might put them closer to work and maybe, you know, you can commute and things like that, but some of them end up living together, so it's like, if you get in a relationship with someone at the studio, um, within that department, like, not only can y'all not work on the same projects, because it's obviously a conflict of interest, especially if one of them um, are, are, you know, above you, but it's like, why would you want to... I, I find it different if like you work in different departments, right? Because it's completely separate. But it's like if you work in the same department, why would you want to see that individual for 24 hours? Like, anybody you're around for like 24 hours, hell, even if you're friends on like vacation, like, yeah, you can tolerate each other. But it's like even then, like, you need time away from each other. So it's like, if you're dating, right, you're being intimate. And I don't mean intimate as in, like, actually being intimate. I just mean, like, you are calling each other, like, yourselves a couple. 
you're putting you're putting literally no break between you. So you're seeing each other at work, you're seeing each other at home. Most likely when you're hanging out with each other, like you're hanging or excuse me, like well, most likely when you're hanging outside of work, you're hanging with each other. So it's like at what point do you get a break from that person? Cause like when you go to work, like yeah, you might not be on the same project, but it's like you can look, you can stand up and like look and see that the person there. Or they, you know, they're just gonna come to your desk and chat. You know, it's just things like that. So to me, I I wouldn't do it, but people definitely do it. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but it, it's a thing. Yeah, I, I always felt I won't say weirded out by it, but I definitely thought it was like a damn, like, I wouldn't want to be around someone for that long, especially if I knew, like, we're together, you know, I would need a break, like, they can see everything I'm doing, like, it just, and it's not that I would do anything crazy, it's just, like, dang, it's a lot of time to be, like, just with someone, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that kind of goes with, like, people working in QA as well, because, like, it seems, from what I noticed, I won't, I won't say 100%, but what from from what I noticed is a lot of people within QA or within the game studio become friends with each other, and it seems like that's their only friends, right? Like they might have friends outside of it, you know, that they went to high school, college with, uh, things like that. But it seems like the most of the friendships are like coworkers, and it's like. So now you're telling me, like, not only am I dating someone in the industry who works at who works with me, so I'm hanging out with that individual for 24 hours. Now I'm hanging out with the people that I work with outside of work for another, who, what, four hours. So now I've been with these people for 12 hours, and I'm seeing them every day, every week. Like, no, nah, that's, that's just too much. That's just crazy. Yeah, like, I, I've definitely... <laughs> I've definitely gotten shit for people like asking why I wouldn't want to hang out after work. It's like, nah, I want to go home. I don't want to be around y'all. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Like, again, like you're spending so much time with them, and it doesn't help when you work in these extra, when you in crunch, and then you gotta work these extra hours with these people, and then they ask them like, oh, you want to go get a beer after work? You want to do that? Like, no. Like, I don't. I really just want to go home, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. Like, it's just like, yo. Going home and not being there is just, it feels good. So, yeah. With that being said, um, I hope I hope most of the questions that I asked kept you anonymous. Yeah, I think I think for the most part you did a great job of uh, not doing too much to expose me. I mean, my own my own storytelling with the paint incident might give away to some people, but I think I'd be I think I'd be cool because. There was a lot of people in that room, um, and I think that happened that happened like a few years ago. So I mean, there are definitely people who are aware of the of the story. Some people probably don't even remember that it happened. But yeah, I think I, I think I think it'd be cool. I think I'd be alright. Yeah, man. Well, again, I want to thank you for coming, and uh, it was great talking to you again, seeing you, um, for sure. So I'm gonna close this out, guys. Thank you for. Uh, listening to this anonymous episode um and as always i love you guys i appreciate you and until the next episode or excuse me until good game do its part i'll talk to you in an episode peace